everybody. Welcome to episode 30, 33 of the Canberra Football Show. I'm Matt Nicoletti. Joining me today is Russ Gibbs for our MPL1 segment. Russ, how you been, mate? I, I know we did a game on the weekend, we but did. in general. Yeah, I've been very good. And, and you can see that I've been so impressed by England's performance in the Euros that I've nailed my colours to the uh, Master of Australia for the European Championship because <laughs> they won't let me down. <laughs> But it's uh, yeah, it's been good, mate. And we did a, a the match on the weekend, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a bit. But um, again, it's been a great weekend of football in Canberra, and there's been some um, pretty impressive results going around in all the competitions. And I know you'll speak to Chris Webb about MPL two later. That competition's really hotting up. And um, myself and Andy Bennell had a very pleasant evening with the O'Connor Knights, um, talking about his book, Riding Shotgun. Um, on the weekend and uh, I let them know and I can let you guys know as well that on the 10th of July we should be at High Street for live commentary on Queen City versus O'Connor Knights our first MPL2 match quite a big one I guess oh, it certainly is I mean with, this was the there's two weekends usually that are really big in MPL2 it's this one that just happened and it's the one in a couple of weeks time where you got those big derby matches which we'll get onto later but that should be a cracking one it's good to see that um, MPL2 is getting some coverage uh, that weekend as well yeah, I think when they put all the MPL1 games on the Sunday and, and, and you guys um, do a great job with the WMPL, it frees us up to go and um, expand the net, if you like. And hopefully, uh, you know, a few years down the track, we get some more commentators on board. We can start looking at perhaps covering big state league games as well, you know, further down the leagues, if there's a title decider or there's grand finals. So maybe we could do some of those things. I guess we'll just wait and see if they reform the leagues or not yet. <laughs> I'm sure they will. They have plenty of day. I think it reforms every couple of years, doesn't it? <laughs> All right, and you mentioned the game we did on the weekend. Let's start with that yeah. one first, because by timing, that was the first one. We had Canberra Croatia 5, West Canberra Wanderers nil. First versus second heading into this one. Barrach, Kalfas, Tenescu with two goals, and Cashman with the other. Cashman with an own goal for Canberra Croatia. It really seems like Canberra Croatia starting to hit their stride now. Dominant victory over West Canberra Wanderers. Nico Cal- Nikos Kalfas, arguably the star of the first half. Um, he got a goal and an assist and you gave, they just gave him a little bit of space and he immediately took advantage of it. And that assist, by the way, what a beautiful ball. You can see it on Russ's uh, Facebook if you have him as a friend on Facebook. If you don't have me. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the defence of Canberra Croatia uh, did a very good job to mark Jay Selden out of the game, I thought. Uh, yeah, he seemed pretty frustrated by the way he was uh, being marked out of that one. And they also did the same to Alessandro Pena. They had two players who... Um, have been really good for Canberra Croatia going forward this season. And let's not forget, um, there was a pretty heavy slide tackle on Nikos Kalfas in the first two minutes, I believe. And then he came back even stronger from it. But uh, he ended up sitting out at halftime. And West Canberra Wanderers had a close chance at halftime just before halftime that they weren't able to take. Maybe they could have swung the momentum if they had it. But overall, I think they'll be be a bit disappointed because their final product in their crosses weren't what... uh, you would expect and what they would expect of themselves. And I thought Zedlan Mutlu uh, was a bright spark in that second half for the Wanderers. Mm. What did you think about this one, Russ? Yeah, I think um, Canberra Croatia were comfortable winners in the end, but um, they were made to work hard in the first half. They had that spell, as you mentioned, three minutes where they scored twice and they looked really ominous, didn't they? They looked oh, yeah. very, very good going forward. Like you said, that's the best I've seen Calfas play in a long, long time. Um, understand that when you win in at l- uh, lunchtime, I was going to say, <laughs> at halftime and he's... Um, we speculated about it on the uh, on the broadcast on the weekend that when you took, take your boot off after you've taken a knock and you sat there for, for for 15 minutes, it swells up and it wasn't great for him, but they took him off as a precaution. Hopefully he's okay because he's hitting his straps at the moment. Uh, great goal um, he took as well. Great assist, as you mentioned in the past, was, was sublime. 
Turning point was that opportunity on half-time, wasn't it? Jackson Pazer, if you could pull that one back, it's 2-1 at the interval. It might be anyone's game. Um, I think 5-0, it's difficult to say it flattered Canberra Croatia because they deserve to win. But when you consider in the second half, the three goals they've got, one was, which was from the penalty spot, that's a 100% penalty. One was a complete fluke. And I think Nick will, uh, Tineski will admit to that. <laughs> but it's about time he had a bit of luck, I think he said to me yeah. afterwards. And, and the third one, <laughs> Um, in the second half, um, poor old Aaron Cashman. I mentioned in comms, he's only ever scored two NPL goals at the right end. And well, he fairly banged that one past Mason into land. He didn't, he got his lines all wrong. So I think Canberra Crescia were looking in good form. And, and it's difficult to see. Um, I can't understand with West Canberra Wanderers how they've lost, what, four games this year. And all four of them have been at home. It's, yeah. it's been it's a bizarre. bit bizarre, isn't it? But yeah, it's a definitely a good win for Canberra Croatia. You'd hope from West Canberra Wanderers' point of view. You mentioned a couple of the players that they that, that stood out. Jay Seldon um, was quiet in terms of goal chances, but he looked their best threat. And Zidane Mutlu came on and, and was excellent. So they've got a big one this weekend against Canberra Olympic, and they need to bounce back and get some points on the board. And if they can, they'll uh, keep up their challenge. And this is West Canberra Wanderers' first back-to-back defeat. I think I said on the broadcast as well. So it shows how they've always been able to bounce back after a defeat. Uh, weren't able to do it this time against Canberra, Croatia. Uh, one question I have for you, Russ. Uh, Taneski, two goals. Uh, you mentioned one of the goals. But um, he's only been around for a, a couple of weeks. He was one of their new signings, came in from uh, another state. It was New South Wales, I believe. Yeah. And um, uh, so how do you think he's sort of integrated into this team? He's had his moments. He came down from Rockdale, um, I think it was. And he took him a while to settle in. He he's, um, brings a different dimension to it. They're all, all their forwards, they've got a different types of players. Kalfats, Barat, Shibrunic. Um, and, and Nick Tineski as well, leads the line well, holds the ball up, gets involved. And, you know, he's that kind of player and he, he needed a goal. And, and yeah. he'd, he'd have one and it was that tapping with the first um, game he played against Olympic. And he took the penalty away with aplomb and he took his second goal well. So maybe he'll hit a streak of form. And uh, I understand this weekend that Thomas James is also available for selection as well, whether they'll bring him straight in or whether he'll be on the bench or whether he'll make the squad. It's such a good squad. Um, it'll depend on his training this week. But when you bringing a player like him that's got 75 goals in 78 NPL appearances, uh, NPL one level. Um, and you add it to that raft of players I've just talked about, they're only going to get better. And that's quite a scary thought for everyone else. Is there an update on uh, Calfas with the ankle? Or? Haven't heard anything, um, but he didn't look like he was too bad, did he, afterwards? No, he, he started stretching, stretching his out and, Yeah, so I'm thinking maybe a precaution. It was a fairly hefty challenge by Seamus Carr. Um, I don't think it was any malicious intent at all. And you could see Seamus apologise straight away, didn't he? Yeah. Um, but yeah, it would have been a sore one for Nikos. And if it, if it did fire him up, it certainly fired him up in the right direction, didn't it? Because he was he was probably the best player on the field in the first 45 minutes. And uh, any uh, uh, last reactions from uh, Wanderers heading into this weekend? Like you mentioned, it's a big one against the Olympic, which we'll touch on a little bit later. But uh, like I said, it's their first back-to-back defeat. Yeah. And it was like, and like you said, they've lost four matches at home now. And a couple of them have been by a hefty margin, which is not, um, which... Is, is a bit bizarre considering, you know, how well West Absolutely. Canberra have been this season. Yeah. I it's, think, I mean, you look at it from Muley's point of view and, and they lost the first game 4-1 to Gungahlin and then people were going, oh, they bought the bottom last yeah. year, they're not going to do very well. Then they won a few and everyone was going, well, maybe that's a bit of luck. Then they got spanked by the Tigers and everyone went, well, that's their bubble burst. And then they reacted, and like she said, and they come out and they won a few more games and everyone's going, well, they're the real deal. And then they got beat by a Monero side who were um, on, on an upward curve. Um, and, and, and now they've got turned over by probably the best team in Canberra, although um, Tigers and a couple of others might might dispute that point. 
Um, but I think they've got the importance for them now is that they've got a game next week against Canberra Olympic. Uh, they beat them earlier in the year after being 2-0 down to win 3-2. So they'll look at that with Seldon, with Mutlu. Ben Obst was in their under-23s on the weekend. He signed for them as well. So another good addition to their squad. And it's really important how they bounce back now. And if they can, um, they can keep the pressure up because you've seen the table. Um, yep. Everyone's seen the table. It's so tight. Yep. One win can drop you down a couple. One win can put you up a couple. And the next match we have is Monaro Panthers 2, Volcano United 2, Dominici with a penalty and Calabria with the goals for Monaro. And then we have Flo Luca Flores and Green with the goals for Belcon United. Pretty tight matchup in this one. Not, not a lot happened in the first half. Both sides sort of just cancelled each other out in that regard. Second half, though, was a bit of a blinder filled with lots of dramatic moments. Belcona took the lead. The Monaro went up 2-1 and then... Um, Belcon and equalized, I'd be, I think, about eight minutes or seven minutes before the end of uh, the match. And the game seemed pre uh, pretty feisty as well. A lot of uh, hefty uh, challenges in that one as well. There's a few a la cards, I believe, also. Monaro would have been disappointed not to hold on to that win because all three points would have meant they were in the top four if they won this one. It would have catapulted them into there. Uh, the penalty um, that they received uh, was a. Uh, that, there was a bit of talk about, uh, behind that one. A uh, little controversial, that penalty. And once again, Josh Calabria steps up with another goal from fullback. He's just been... His leadership and his goals have just been uh, fantastic for Monaro Panthers this season. Belcona United, though, uh, they'll once again be disappointed with a draw since they've yet to pick up a victory since that victory against Canberra Croatia in round five. Luca Flores gets on the team sheet, which is uh, good to see considering he, he does have a different role, like we've mentioned, in this team. It's not the same as the 4-4-2 where he played up front. Uh, he's more of a creator this year. And it was good to see Curtis Schaefer as well, uh, getting the assist for Max Green's goal in his first start, I believe, for Belconi United. So there was a lot to unpack in this one, Russell. What'd you yeah, think about there it? was, wasn't there? And I think, again, we talk about how tight the table is. And you say Belconi haven't, haven't won for five matches now, and they're still yeah, yeah, in the top in, four. In the top four. Um, and that just goes to show how tight it is. Everyone keeps beating everybody else and getting points. And I think at the end of the day, 2-2 two is probably fair. Um, a point, it helps both teams. And as you said, a few weeks ago, we were sat here and Monero Panthers were at the bottom of the table couldn't buy a win. They were a couple of minutes away from, from getting a, a place in the top four. And it was good to see, as you said, Curtis Schaefer making its debut. Um, and now that uh, Michael Mentor's left the club, um, there'll be a bit more onus on him to, to step up. And it opened the door for young Max Green uh, to make his debut. And what a debut it was, comes on and gets an equalising goal. Um, Belconnen uh, took the lead, as you said. Luca Flores, he needed a goal. Um, he's not been quite as prolific as he was last year, and that, that happens sometimes. I think it's to do with the hair. He had a really sharp haircut last year, didn't he? He's grown it out this year. So uh, maybe if he shaves it off again. It seems to be the in-style now. Everyone's, everyone's got that sort of haircut at the moment. Yeah, maybe if he shaves it off again, he might start scoring buckets of goals. Who knows? Um, but yeah, and you mentioned Josh Calabria. It, it's incredible. I had a look at the goals again on, on the highlights, and, um, you know, it was a good header at the near post. I think Jordan Thurtell would have been disappointed with his defence, Fab would have been, uh, Michelli would have been disappointed as well that they've conceded off a near post free kick, which he's flicked in, which um, it shouldn't really be happening. But you can't take it away from Josh Calabria. I mean, he just keeps popping up. And again, yes, it was a soft penalty and it was controversial about it, but I think Frank and Monero Panthers will point to several that they feel they haven't got this year. Um, and it swings and roundabouts, isn't it? If that's what football does for you. So 2-2, two, two, probably fair at the end of the day. Is it a good point for both teams? Yeah, probably is. Um, keeps um, Belconnen in that four, in and around the mix. And also it keeps Monero Panthers' momentum going. Yeah, look, it certainly does. And yeah, we mentioned Monero there. And 
if they got the win, they were in the top four. If Minari, if Belcon didn't get the win, they weren't in the top four. And it, would you say that Minara start? You're starting to see the best of Minara now. It's starting to come now. Yeah, well, I'm going to pat myself on the back. But I said at the start. Of the <laughs> well, that's season, that's what I was alluding to. So. <laughs> at the start of the season, I, I, thanks, mate. Um, <laughs> I, I think we mentioned in the preview that when you get a new group of players together, it does usually take eight, eight, nine weeks or so for them to to gel as a unit because it's a new team, new style, a new coach, new different um, way of playing. We saw it with Tigers. Um, it came a bit earlier for them under Ryan Grogan. They didn't start the season particularly well either. But once they've got the 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 method and the coach gets gets their ideas across and the way they want to play and the players start to buy into that idea all of a sudden it starts to change um and that's happened for the monero panthers and i have no doubt about the, the quality that they've got um it's helped them out yeah they've lost some players as well look when ahmed Shribu, um has left to go to sd raiders dom jam paolo made his debut off the bench for gangalan united on the weekend having made the switch sam smith uh, has left for a new state league as well so they've they've lost a few of their forward players um, but the ones they brought in and the ones that are doing the job for them uh, are the young boys. I mean, Bessa yeah. Silk's been outstanding. Um, and he, I've been like the look of young Bo Harvey off the bench. He's added something a little bit different to, to uh, Frank Keisha's lineup. And the signing of James Wilson, the pickup from Adelaide, he looks a really good prospect. So I think, yeah, I think we're seeing what we thought we would see with the Panthers, but maybe with not quite the personnel that we thought we would see it with. And before we move on, you mentioned there, Michael uh, Menza leaving the club. It, it opens up a room for Curtis Schaefer. Uh, do you think Curtis Schaefer sort of um, sort of rotates with uh, uh, Darren Bailey in that position, or um, it depending on what sort of game it is? Because it because yeah. at the moment, uh, I think Fab even said to me uh, before he's like, it's a bit hard to deny him uh, playing up front when he scored what, four or five goals uh, before here this round. Big, big fan of, of being a forward myself about momentum. When you're a striker, it yeah. doesn't matter way, what division you're playing in, what league you're playing in. When you're getting goals, the goal seems massive. Um, it doesn't matter where you're playing. And you get runs of, of goals. And just spoke about it with Nick Tineski just before. He might well go on a, onto a run of goals now that he's got a couple under his belt last week. So, yeah, it's difficult when you've got a player, a player that scored five goals um, and he's not an out-and-out -out natural striker. It's hard for him to, to be um, left out of that opportunity. And... Curtis Schaefer can give you something a bit different. Um, yeah. He's got bags of pace, and that's really hard to play against. I think you'll find um, no defensive uh, guru myself, but I'm pretty sure if you spoke to any central defenders in the world at any level, they'll say the worst thing that they hate is pace. I mean, you look at the, the Euros, you watch Mbappe going at people and, oh, yeah. and the sheer acceleration. And there's nothing you can do about it. I mean, you can be the best defender in the world, but if you've got someone who's twice as quick as you are, you're not catching them. And he brings that to the group. Um, bit raw still um, at MPL one level, that's to be expected. But I saw his debut off the bench against Olympic. I thought he offered a fair bit. Uh, he puts himself about, um, got an eye for goal, as we know. Um, so, yeah, to answer your question in a long-winded way, um, I think it will depend on the opposition. I think it will depend on how Fab feels Curtis is adapting to life in MPL one And also, I think it will depend on um, very much on how Darren Bailey is... is uh, able to transition from defence to attack. At the moment, it, it, it's no problem for him. Certainly isn't at the moment. And our third matchup, we have Tuggerung United 1, Tigers FC 2. Murray with the goal for Tuggerung United in stoppage time and Popovich and Golevsky with the goals for Tigers. Tigers, of course, returned to action after last week's match was abandoned against Gungal and it was postponed, sorry, not abandoned. Uh, Nick Popovich returns to the scoring after nursing a bit of a hamstring injury uh, before the FFA Cup uh, final. Uh, Golevsky's goal, by the way, absolutely fantastic. Cut inside, edge of the box, and boom, blasted it. Yeah, an absolute bullet in the top corner. 
Uh, unfortunately for Tagram, though, it's another loss, which now leaves them trailing behind Minara and Olympic by five points. So this is sort of the first time this season there's been sort of a decently significant break in the points between eighth and seventh and sixth because it's been pretty close between those positions. Uh, but in terms of Tagram, Shane Murray, really good finish from the free kick. But uh, like I said, unfortunately for them, it was in stoppage time, so they didn't have a lot of time to sort of capitalize on that momentum. You were at this game with Steve Forshaw or Russ. What did you make of this one? Uh, Tigers were in pretty much complete control of it from where to go, to be honest. And there was an unnecessarily um, antsy last three or four minutes of stoppage time for them after Tuggerong scored that free kick from Shane Murray. Perfectly placed, to be fair. Yeah. It was a good goal. And it was just a shame for Tuggerong that that didn't come a bit earlier because they, they found a bit of momentum off the back of that. And they've really struggled for goals this year. And goals change games and they give you, um, give you the opportunity to build. Uh, but the Tigers... Uh, looked in good form. Uh, Jacob Wiseman made a great stop from Nick Popovich early on and Popovich scored again. And that's what now eight for the season for him, I think. And, you know, when you've got a, an outlet like that surrounded by the creativity that yep. he's got behind him, uh, they're going to be very difficult to stop. You mentioned Josh Golevsky's goals. Good job the net was there. Otherwise, it was on the highway, wasn't it? Because he absolutely rammed that past the keeper. And there was a bit of pent-up frustration in there, I think, for him because he, he in our new position, where we are by the bench there, and I know you've experienced it for commentary not yet, well not yet. with WMPL. It's quite raw because you're in, you can see that two coaches are right there yeah. and you can hear all the instructions. And and the bench, the Tigers bench, are having a right go at him a couple of occasions for not doing his defensive work, for not um, switching, for not getting involved. And I think, you know, when he picked that ball up and he cut inside, there was a fair bit of uh, venom amongst that shot. And I think it was perhaps a little bit of frustration being taken out, unfortunately, for, for Tuggeron. But what a hit. And he's in a great form at the moment. I think that's um, five and four for him now in, in successive weeks, including the cup final. Um, at the start of the season, he couldn't buy a goal, um, which was unusual for Josh, wasn't it? Because he got a lot of goals last season. Um, but he seems to have found his groove now. And Rocco Strucker's being Rocco Strucker. They've got a good bench. Um, there's rumours that they might be signing uh, another big-name player shortly. Uh, whether that comes off, we'll wait and see. We'll, put any names out because it's unfair on the clubs. Um, but if that happens, then they're going to be even better. And as a side that's representing Canberra in the FFA Cup round of 32, you want them to be in good form. You want them to have their big name players playing well. And at the moment they are. Uh, Canberra's a tough place to go. We saw it a week earlier when Canberra Croatia had to work really hard to win 1-0 against Tuggerong there. Tigers had to do the same. Uh, for Mitch Stevens, again, he'd be scratching his head and they perform reasonably well. Um, didn't create many chances, but against a top team, they've only narrowly been beaten once more. Six draws, um, was it now four losses? Um, they've got to start winning and they need to start winning soon. And I don't know where that comes from at the moment. They need to find someone to start scoring them some goals. I think the return of Conor Nolan next week after suspension will free up Shane Murray into a more attacking role. Um, but if they can, they need to start picking up results soon. Because that, as you mentioned, that gap is yeah. quite significant now. Um, it's the first time this season. Yeah, first time this season it has been that significant. However, Panic Station's not quite yet. Okay. Um, I think they've got a big match this weekend and, and they need to get something from it. Um, a few weeks ago, you look at that one against Gungarland and think, well, they might well be able to win that one. But Gungarland, as you're probably going to have yep. to mention in a moment, have hit some good form. Well, they certainly have. And... Uh, my question about Tuggerong, you uh, you answered there about would there be pressure? You don't think so yet. So in terms of Tigers, 
you mentioned they might be uh, signing a few more people. And at the moment, their depth is insane. Mm. Popovich didn't even yeah. uh, start that uh, final and they still uh, didn't have any issues scoring. And we, we mentioned several times on commentary with the um, depth that Cam Croce have as well. So these two sides especially have depth. Tigers have seen now four points behind Cam Croce, but do have a game in hand. So if they do win, they're only one point behind Cam Croce. Will we see those two break away with the depth they have? Would you say that sort of gives them an opportunity to, or do you think the Leafs is too competitive at the moment of the season? Yeah, it's a good question. I think they're, they're just looking for one more player to, to yeah. bolster their squad a bit. But in a 21-round competition, and again, yeah. I think we spoke about this way back when, um, at the start of the year, depth is huge. And you've got to be able to bring on players that have got MPL one quality to their name. And uh, they've got massive depth. Canberra Croatia, we looked at their bench on the weekend. Um, we talked about it off air, didn't we? And we were like, this is a bench that's incredible. I mean, it, it was uh, Jason Greenwich, Jordan Lamb, um, Luke Pilkington Busek. and young Marte Busek as well. It's an incredible bench. And, and the same for Tigers on the weekend. You know, Jared Tanini didn't get on the field and he's played plenty of games for the Tigers. He Sam, usually starts. Yeah, <laughs> Sam Witted. Tony Madafari, who's come off the bench a lot this season, um, hasn't complained as far as I'm away, just gets on with his job, doesn't he? Goes out there and, and adds a bit more pace and a bit more dynamism to the attack as well. It's a, That depth is really important in the 21-round competition. And I think, to answer your question, yeah, I think those two could pull away because they do have that depth. Um, Panthers had that depth um, at the start of the year for one reason or another. Players have moved on and what have you. Um, so they've got a big squad as well. If they can keep winning games, they'll push themselves back in, but they probably left themselves a bit too much to do. Uh, but yeah, so these two, at the moment, you can't really see them drop, um, dropping many points, can you? Because they just look in incredible form, which is why in, in four or five weeks' time, we'll probably be, me and you, I'd imagine, making the trip down to Nijong again. <laughs> For the Cameron Crash match. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, and next up, you talked about good form, uh, Gagarin United 4-0 over Canberra uh, Olympic. It was the Bernabeu Madrid show. Bernabeu Madrid with a hat-trick in the first half. It was all him and Anderson as well with a really good goal also. Like I mentioned, Bernabeu Madrid show over AIS Synthetic. Uh, the Gungahlin forward just dominated play, used his speed, broke when he couldn't. Some of those finishes were just really uh, classy and really nice. Uh, and also terrific stri- strike from Anderson from outside the box. That was really a really a quality strike there. We've talked a lot about on the show about Gungahlin United, how they've had really good periods of games for us. They've had a really good second half or like I keep mentioning, I still think that half an hour that they played against Olympic that we called in the, it would have been the second round, um, second or third round now, uh, that half an hour against Olympic where they came back and I think it was a 2-2 overall. I still think that's the best half an hour I've seen out of anyone in the league this season. They're absolutely terrific in that one. They're also really good against Belcon United for like a, um, periods of that matchup as well. So they, I think Marcel and Chris Cadre will be really happy that they were able to put a whole 90 before a 90 minute performance together and get the, and get the result with that. Um, in terms of them, in terms of uh, Olympic, they'll be, uh, they just weren't able to get a grip on the game like they were last week. They'll be very disappointed. They were not able to continue the momentum from that victory last week, because like I've said actually a few times in the show, a win for them today would have put them back in the top four for the first time in a couple of rounds. Once again, just shows how close it is this season. What do you think about this one, Ross? Yeah, you mentioned it, Felipe Bernabo Madrid with a hat-trick, puts him up to seven on the season. And I know he's got his eyes on the golden boot. He keeps asking us when Tigers have won, but did, did Nick Popovich score again? <laughs> so he's got his eyes on it. And look, to be honest, if they hadn't taken him off, 
Um, he may have had a few yeah. more. He was in he was in red hot form. And and what we like to see about that more than anything is a fit for Felipe Bernardo Madrid. He's had his struggles with injuries this season and and, and last season as well. But it's great to see him back um, firing on all cylinders. And he just gave us a snapshot. Um, in about 45 minutes or 40 minutes yeah. or so of what he can bring to the game. You give him opportunities and he'll find the back of the net. And he did so on three occasions. And you mentioned Roy Anderson icing the cake in the yeah. second half. He's been a great signing for them um, from uh, West Canberra Wanderers. And his quality, uh, a player that kind of hadn't scored many goals in, in Premier League up to last season. And now he's starting to add that to his game as well, which is fantastic for Marcel. And he's bolstered his squad as well, hasn't he? He's brought some players in. Yep. Um, over the over the break, Dom Giampaolo we saw off the bench on the weekend add something different again, and you've suddenly they've got an attacking threat of Giampaolo. You've got um, Mishko Namoski, you've got Bernardo Madrid, you've got Michael John, a uh, young Moses Garang as well. You've got, I mean players, there's plenty of them, and their bench has significantly improved as well. And and, and he brought on the young boys as well, like Ethan Stamatis has had a few games this year where he's done well when he's come on. Um, and they're going to have to lean on those boys, I think, a little bit later in the campaign. But again, like very much like some of the other teams we've talked about, they struggled at the start of the year. Marcel lost a lot of players. He was starting with a whole new group and um, getting them to, to, to used to his training style, his ethos and how he wants to play took a while. But they're hitting their straps now. And, and you mentioned the gaps. It's incredible, isn't it? A few weeks ago, Gungarlan were sitting at the bottom. Now, if they, if they win their game in hand against Tigers, which yeah. is... No means to give him, but of course, they're right in the top four again, and it's incredible. And Canberra Olympic, for their part, same thing. Um, they've lost a couple. We keep thinking, oh, is that the bubble gone? Are they burst now? These young group? No, they keep bouncing back, win again, lose again. Got beat on the weekend, fairly comprehensive this time, but I don't think Robbie Katnach and his team like the AIS synthetic. I believe that they were switched there for the Tigers game, weren't they, earlier in the year? Yeah, they, they, got, the other they, way, got, yeah. they got drubbed 5 0 there on that field. Um, and they cop four again here. So they're not a big fan of it, I don't think. Um, so, yeah, one one for them to forget about. But again, for Kangarlan, great three points for Marcel. And that's happened a few times with Canberra Olympic this season. And West Canberra, I've realised that whenever they lose, they sort of lose comprehensively. It's like, it's it's never, it's it's, mm. it's rarely a close one. Um, do you think it'll, um, what, what, what do you think they need to do to sort of bounce back? I think, I think the reason that that happened yeah. is that sides are so positive. Yeah. They, they, go, they go a couple of goals down and they don't think about damage limitation. They think, well, let's see if we can get back into it. And occasionally it works. We saw it at that game you mentioned uh, earlier, the Canberra Olympic and Garland one, yeah. where it was 2 0 to Olympic. And they looked in cruise control. Yeah, it could have been point. three. They missed a penalty as well, didn't they? And Gungala never gave up. It would have been quite yeah. easy for some teams to go, okay, we're 2 0 down. Let's just shut up shop for a bit, make sure we don't concede four, five, six. They went looking. And, and I think this is what happened with these teams. They go looking um, and they got caught out. And um, they need to bounce back this weekend. And uh, the game that we're covering on Saturday um, on Bar TV Sports, uh, myself and uh, um, Ian Worthington, it should be a cracker. It certainly should be. Let's get straight into that, shall we? That's the first one we're previewing at the moment. Canberra Olympia, West Canberra Wanderers, Saturday, June 26th, 3 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. Um, I'm, I'm going to go with a draw for this one. Both teams uh, got a pretty comprehensive loss on the weekend, but they're both going to be raring to go and raring to bounce back. If I remember, their last match was a pretty uh, close matchup as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go for a draw in this one. Is there anything um, you'll be looking out for in this uh, matchup, Russ? Any uh, interesting stats you got for I'm us? Expecting goals and, and plenty of them. Yeah. Last time it was 2 0. At, uh, to Olympic and West Canberra Wanderers came back, showed real commitment and desire. And that was, I think, a lot of people at that, that stage were looking at that going, they're 2-0 down. 
maybe maybe this is what we're seeing from Yuli's team, but they, they showed a huge amount of commitment to come back again. Um, a draw's a good bet, I think, but um, I imagine there'll be a lot of goals. And the good thing about this is that both these sides will look at this and go, oh, we can win this fixture, which would mean they'll go in there with a positive attitude. Um, three points for either of these teams, and as you mentioned, in a tight ladder, um, considering that sides in and around them are all playing each other, of course, uh, anything can happen. But it's going to, I'm really looking forward to that one, and it should be nice and cosy in the... Uh, confines of the commentary box at O'Connor with Ian. It, it always is. And get there early if you want a, a sort of live Oh, absolutely, because well. <laughs> they run out very quickly, don't they? <laughs> they have all the games going at once, so uh, that's usually what happens. Next up, we have Gungala United, Tiger United, Sunday, June 27, 3 p.m. at AIS Grassfield 2. This is an interesting one. It, before last week, I would have, I would have leaned, leaned, lent with a draw on this one because um, both sides, of it's always been pretty close between them. And... and um, yeah, but after the weekend, Gungahlin United, they were just very impressive. Bernabeu Madrid was um, on a roll, so I'm going to go with Gungahlin for this one. Uh, what do you? How do you see this one sort of playing out, Russ? Tough one to call, isn't it? Because yeah. Tuggerong don't concede many goals. They're very good defensively. Yeah. They've got a good back four. The two young lads, central defence, Harrison Bunel and Teresa Bogo, uh, are very solid. Um, the return of Conor Nolan will add that solidity that I mentioned earlier, allowing Shane Murray to move forward. Tuggerong needs to start finding some goals. Gungahlin won't find it easy. Um, they've got... a, a probably more firepower than Tuggeranong. Um, I think the, the big thing is that if Gungarland do win this one, again, the gap increases yeah. again. And, and, and depending on what's happened the day before, if let's say Canberra Olympic um, do get a result against West Canberra Wonders, it leaves Tuggeranong well adrift. So their need is massive. Um, I'm sure Mitch Stevens will have something up his sleeve, but uh, if you were a betting man and you're looking at it on current form, you'd have to say Gungarland. And next up, we have Canberra Croatia against Monaro Panthers Sunday, June 27, 3 p.m. at Deakin Stadium. This is going to be a close one because even when Monaro were struggling at the start of the season, really close matchup against Canberra Croatia. I remember the matches, the match last year as well as a very close one. It doesn't matter where either side are for this one. It's usually always a very, very close encounter. Of course, let's not forget the FFA Cup where it had to be separated on penalties. Uh, Based purely on uh, Canberra Croatia's defence and also got Thomas James back as well. I'm going to go with a Canberra Croatia uh, victory on this one, but it's going to be a, by very slim margins. It's going to be a, a very close one at Deakin. How do you see this one playing out, Russ? Yeah, this is our Sunday offering myself and Steve yep. Forshaw will be at that one uh, for the obvious reasons that it's two cracking teams going head-to-head, toe-to-toe. Canberra Croatia looking for a bit of redemption from the Cup semi-final defeat. Um we did the game earlier in the year, myself and Andy Burnell, um, when Canberra Croatia won 1-0 at uh, Riverside. It wasn't a good uh, Panther side in terms of form at that stage. They come into this on, on the run now of, of not having lost for, I think it's about three weeks or so, um, with two cracking sides and Canberra Croatia in great form as well. I still don't think Canberra Croatia put together a full 90 minutes performance, have they? Which I mean, is a bit yeah, freaky when you think about it. Massively young, um, uh, ominous for the rest of the league. But they've got great players and I'm really interested to see what they do with Thomas James, whether he does start, whether he comes off the bench and where they put him um, because, and, and who misses out because it's, yeah. a, it's a big call for Dean Greenwich this weekend. Nice headache to have. Um, it's going to be a cracking game, that one. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a high scoring draw. Yeah, and like you see it, like even like, I guess the Euro is the best thing now. Like, for example, you've got Italy, right? They've got three midfielders. You have Verratti, who's a star at PSG. But uh, before, like, let's just say Italy didn't win their match, they would have been going into that going, oh, we can't bench Locatelli. He's just scored two goals. You can't bench. You can't bench Barella. He's doing, he's the energy at the midfield. Without him, you don't have the energy. You can't bench Jorginho, who has been really good all season. So it's like 
So, and then, so I'm sure like Mancini will be looking at it like what uh, side are we facing and how can we use the different yeah. elements of each player? And I'm assuming that will be similar for Canberra Croatia. They'll be looking at it, go, all right, this match, we might need the power and the pace of Calfas. This match, we might need the um, versatility of Ugarinch and, and, and yeah, so on and so forth. absolutely. And that's a good thing that Dean Ugarinch yeah. has got, isn't he? He's got an options and options are a great thing to have. I mean, you could, I mean, if you're feeling great, you could deploy all of them. I mean, I don't know. You could probably four, two, figure four. it out. Yeah, put them, put them wherever you want. I don't think he will, because <laughs> that would be quite, quite incredible to watch and make sure we're there if he did. Um, but yeah, he's got options, and, and and that's good. And Thomas James, we know what Thomas James brings to the party. Um, we he doesn't just bring goals; he brings dynamism. He brings a bit of aggression. Um, he brings just that um, joie de vivre of someone we want to watch play football because yeah. you know if you're in a tight spot, you can give him the ball and he'll do something. Um, that's not to decry what they've got in front of him. He's going to have to work really hard to get in this team because, you know, Nikos Kalfas, you might think that's the position he might have gone in, but he's been brilliant. Yeah. Daniel Badach, was he going to go in there? Well, he keeps scoring goals. Yeah. So, I mean, you, you mentioned that and it's going to be incredible to see where they put him in. And uh, I don't envy Dean Greenwich, but I, I also think that there's plenty of coaches that would envy him yeah. <laughs> with the talent that he's got. Uh, that's a good way to put it. Next, last up, we have Tigers FC, Belconnie United, Sunday, June 27th, 3pm at Nigel Oval. This, like I said, it's an interesting one. Belconnie United haven't gotten a victory since round five. And but let's not forget this matchup against Tigers last round was um very, very close matchup. And... There was a few, uh, I remember a controversial call on one of the penalties as well late on in the game for Tigers in this one. Tigers have been in red-hot form at the moment. I'm going to go with them, but I think this one might be a little closer than people think. Yeah, it depends where it's going to be played. Um, uh, fair enough. I mean, they, I mean, they played, what, two matches at Nigel? I, I think they've only played one, haven't they? That was two. A Manara. Oh, Manara. They Manara down there. Of course, they yeah, they won, they won three one, didn't they? Yep. Yeah, but they, they've, they haven't had a game at home all season. It's been quite incredible, really, um, to see them having to play away quite a lot. I th- that, that pitch is a bit of a leveller. I don't think the Tigers, in terms of uh, the way they want to play their football with Ryan Grogan, yeah. uh, enjoy it very much. And we saw it in the first game of the season. We were both there and yeah. we watched. We came away driving back up the, um, the highway there going... How's anyone going to get to Canberra, Croatia? They've just battered the Tigers 3-0 on their own turf. Yeah. And yet, when the Tigers came away from there, they look a different outfit. Um, Belconnen do, uh, do reasonably well at Nigel, if memory serves me right in the past. Um, they're a really tough heart, heart team to play against. They've got really good um, quality in, and experience in, in some good positions across the park. Tigers full of goals. It's going to be a good match, that one. And... Um, like I said, I think it was a draw earlier in the season, very controversially so, but I think it could well be a draw again. But I'm looking forward to see what the outcome will be of that one. And um, I think uh, so will Canberra Croatia, because I'll be hoping that Belconnen could do them a favour. And if, of course, Belconnen get a win, well, they'll push them right up the ladder again. It certainly does. And before we wrap up, I'll just uh, just review the ladder at the moment. Tiger and United are in eighth place with six points. Then it's seventh place. Canberra Olympic with 11 points, minus seven goal difference. Then we've got Monaro Panthers, sixth place. 11 points with a minus four goal difference. Then we have Gungahl United in fifth place with 12 points. Belcon uh, with a match in hand as well. Belcon United in fourth place, 13 points. West Canberra Wanderers in third place with 16 points. Then we've got Tigers FC in second place with 17 points and a match in hand. And then we have Canberra Croatia on the top with 21 points. Look at that league table again there, Matt. And, and you go quite theoretically on the weekend... Canberra Olympic could move from seventh to fourth because if the results could, you know, if it only needs Canberra Croatia to beat Monero, yeah. only needs Tigers to beat Belconnen um, and Gungalan to beat uh, uh, Tuggeron to beat Gungalan, which these games aren't, it's not a given. 
and they win their match and all of a sudden they're fourth from seventh on the ladder. And, and that's how tight we are at the moment. And it's really exciting. And we've still got plenty to do as well before the end of the season. It's, it's great fun, isn't it? Uh, it certainly is at the moment. Uh, the league's just on fire and it's great to see all three of them as well. Russ, thank you very much for joining me today and I uh, look forward to having you back on. Is there anything, uh, any, you want to plug it yeah absolute absolute pleasure and um thanks very much for having me back on again and uh, please tune into bar tv sports and and um and continue watching the game just great to have so many people tuning in and uh, feel free if you're watching the game on bar tv sports to drop us a message as well during the match because we're quite happy to have chats uh, yeah. with people during games if there's something that you want to get off your chest or something you've seen <laughs> on the weekend um that we might not have picked up or anything like that or something you know you might know something about yeah. one of the players it might be their birthday or something that we're not aware of but uh, yeah feel free to do so and thanks to everyone for your support not just at bar tv but also for the eminem podcast because it's great that you all keep tuning in hello everybody welcome Back to the MPLW segment of the show. Joining us again, Jeremy Magan. Jeremy, thank you very much for joining me today. All technical issues aside. <laughs> Sorry about that, man. Uh, <laughs> thanks for having me, man. Always a pleasure being on the Eminent Podcast. Awesome. Thanks, man. Um, Jeremy's got a Jeremy's uh, Farmer's uh, Corner podcast. Uh, he's great at the moment for the Euro, so check that out. We'll chat a little bit more about that when we uh, end the show, but... Uh, if you want to go uh, listen to that one, it's uh, some great stuff. I was on there. Nick Brosnich is going to be on there. Sam Gray and Russ Gibbs were on there talking about their respective fan uh, teams as fans that they are, as we are. So looking forward to chat about that just a little bit later on. But let's start with the first matchup. Huge one that you called with Maddie Moore on the weekend. Belcon United 4, Canberra Olympic 2. Uh, we had Bobbin with two goals, Ewan with a goal, Thornton with a goal. And we had Cook and Sykes with the goals for Canberra Olympic. Brilliant start from Belcon United in this one, Jeremy. 3-0 up in 10 minutes. Not much more you could have asked for if you're Michael Zakoski as a coach of Belcon United. Their players crisp as and quick as always. And one highlight I thought specifically was uh, Olivia Bonford's ball to pick out Riley Ewan. I thought that was specific, that was really, really good. And of course, uh, Michaela Thornton with the free kick. What else can you say? She's always a quality player. Canberra Olympic, uh, victims of Belko's early start out of the blocks. Uh, let's be honest, they're not the first team that have suffered this and they probably won't be the last considering the form they're in. Uh, great free kick as well from Ali Cook and really good skill by Sienna Farrow, I thought, to set up uh, Ashley Sykes for her goal. So, Jeremy, thoughts on this one? There was a lot to break down, wasn't there? Yeah, exactly. That was a, a great game to call first. Uh, and, you know, thanks, Nick, for uh, Nick Brosnitz, the coach from Canberra. Oh, yeah, sorry, Nick Brosnitz. For... Why don't I say Maddie Moore? You know I said for... Maddie Moore because Russ, <laughs> Russ kept saying on commentary, Maddie Moore and Jeremy are on there. I'm like, oh, they must have must have changed or something. So I didn't even question it. So Blame my apologies. It. Nick Brosnitch and Jeremy were on it. Blaming on Russ. Uh, yeah, no, it was it was great to uh, to call it with Nick. Uh, last, last year, we had called that game as well. Um, and mind you, last year when we called that game, I think yeah, Lexi Fawner goes down, and then this year Karen Clark goes down during the game. So hopefully we're not the uh, the bad omen for Belconnen for Conan as, as far as um, losing their their best players. A great game to call and a great game for for Belconnen. I mean, you know, the best start you can hope for three goals within ten minutes, and um, and and a real kind of like deserved kind of start as well because they just played offensively and, and put pressure on the Olympic defense straight away. We know how good they are. On set pieces and two of the three goals come on set pieces. Uh, we yeah, Nick was calling just before the corner kick, saying um, that's that that's where they were the more dangerous against Canberra Croatia, and it didn't it didn't fail even if it was 
a scramble that first game that first goal away from from Bobin. Once the ten minutes are gone, um, you know, with your balcony and you just have to be on management mode. You don't have to push anymore, uh, and that's what they did, and they did well. I think they defended really well, considering Johnstone was in defense um, and not Bela Tamaro next to uh, Karen Clark. And then at the end of the game, when when Karen goes out injured, it's Mickey Thornton and Sarah Johnstone that are. Um, in defense for for a good 15, 20 minutes, uh, and yet they don't concede. So, you know, it shows the the depth of talent that there is in Belconnen. Nothing new. We, we knew how good the, the program is and um, how good the youth is as well in that club. So it's just it's just good to see um, that they're able to um, materialize all the promises that that they have. You know, it's when we are commentating with, with Nick at one point, we almost sort of catch each other being like, oh, you know, it's great if Olympic comes back and it's great for us commentating, but it's also a very good game from Belconnen to be able to score three straight away and to just then hang on to that lead. And as soon as Olympic has a bit of hope, then you score a fourth goal um, to make sure that you get the job done. I think Belconnen did that perfectly. You know, you don't need to do anything else than making sure you stay ahead. Olympic kept pushing, but Belconnen didn't necessarily have the need um, to open up anymore at that point. So, what they did was was closing everything that I'm doing really well. And when you're playing against an Ashley Syke, who every chances she get can get past three, four, five players and did so this weekend, um, you know, you just you just gotta hope that you're able to always try and find a way to to put a foot in front of the ball before the shot, after the shot. And I did that uh, really well. I think you know, I think both coaches can be happy with their team. Of course, Nicole won't be thrilled with considering three in the first 10 minutes, but then for the next 80 minutes, technically, she wins 2-1. Um, so, so she'll be happy with the response of her team. And um, Michael and, and Nikki can only be happy with the resilience showed by uh, by the Blue Devils on Saturday. Yeah, look, they certainly could. And uh, Belconi United, we'll mention a little later, but uh, with Canberra Croatia, but the goal difference, uh, Belconi United are actually second now, um, which is the first time they've been behind on goal difference to Canberra Croatia. So... Um, you might, I'm pretty sure you said Michael Zakoski mentioned that to you a while ago, and um, now it's sort of coming to the fore. So they would have been happy to, you know, get three right away, wouldn't they? Yeah, exactly. And I think Belconen this season has had the other way around. You know, they've scored, they scored maybe one early, maybe two before the first half, and then uh, pretty much like Canberra Croatia, teams with this experience and with this, uh, this depth again, uh, they tend to just tire the other teams. And then in the last 20, 15 minutes, score one, two, three, four, five. Um, that happened against Turgerong, that happened against Waga. Now it was the other way around. And if you can start that way, then obviously then you can manage your forces. You can make sure no one gets um, sort of exhausted. Mind you, the changes happened late in the game anyway. But you, you would see that, you know, it's a, it's a different game when you have to manage an advantage rather than trying to run behind the ball, obviously. Uh, and, and you could see that the Olympic team uh, midway through the second half was just tired. Uh, and Belconen, by scoring three goals early on, um, could afford not to be too tired by the end of the game and to keep defending as as hard as they did for the for the whole first half. And Canberra Olympic, uh, before we move on, Canberra Olympic have improved quite a bit defensively, and the three of the backs work, worked well for them. It might not, uh, uh, but coming up against a Belconen United, <clears throat> do you think it's just going to take a little bit, you know, a little bit more time, sort of refining their um, refining their structure because they, you could see. You know the how how far they've come along, especially defensively uh, this season, considering their last match against Belconi United and Canberra Croatia. So, do you think it's only like maybe this time in the next round we'll see a even more competitive Canberra Croatia defensively against the Belconi United? Sorry, Canberra Olympic defensively against Belconi United. 
it's a it's a matter of details, right? The first yeah. game, the first goal is a corner kick that bounces around. Aurelia Haynes is able to bash it first, and then the second time she's not able to put a foot on it, and it's a goal. The second goal um, is um, almost offside. There's appeals from offside from where we see it um, when Olivia Bonford passes the ball. It looked like Riley Ewan is at at best on the same line than the defense, but then there's a defender playing the ball, so maybe they're putting her back. Um, on side, which is what the referee, I think, is trying to explain. What happened, though, and the third goal is that free kick from Mikel Atonton. What happened, though, and we hear Nicole during the game a couple of times saying it, is that sometimes teams forgot to play the whistle. They, yeah. they say they think they're offside and they stop playing. Uh, and, and so th- those kind of details have happened quite a bit with Olympic during that game, that foul on, um, that brings the free kick from Mikel Atonton. No coach would wish for his team to commit a foul in that area against any team. Every single team has one good yeah. um, free kick taker. So you don't want to commit a foul there. The corner kick, if you're able to clear it to help Aurelia Hens, that doesn't happen. And with uh, with Riley Yuen, if the players don't stop asking for offside, but actually go and defend, maybe they could have stopped her. So it's little details, but they're definitely much improved because besides that, you know, Kira Bobin was probably the most dangerous for Belkonen with her speed on the right wing. Um, but Rally Ewan had to do a lot of run to try and find a way to get the ball by herself. And Olivia Bonford um, had to drop, drop quite low to be able to play the ball, which she likes to do anyway, because she likes to touch the ball. Uh, but we didn't see a lot of danger really coming on Courtney Harles, Ali Cook and, uh, and Brittany Fiorezzi. And, and when they played together anyway, those three, they actually now uh, play very well defensively and are actually pretty good at being the first um, um, the first launching pad for the offenses at all. Courtney and um, Ali have, have a great foot as far as uh, picking the long ball and, uh, and Brittany Fiorezzi is very, very safe technically and is able to, to turn around, dribble uh, an attack and a forward, sorry, and always find the, the just small pass. So I think Olympics definitely um, much better. A game, a game like this weekend, maybe if Heather Garyok is here, the experience in the middle of the part of the pitch, the way to, you know, once they're one nil down, uh, a voice in the middle of the field that says, calm down, it's only one goal, we, we can get back. Maybe if you have that experience in the middle of the path, you don't you don't concede three in a row. You know, maybe after the second goal, when it's half offside, there's somebody to just calm down everyone in the middle of the pitch. Maybe that's what was missing. That's what Nicole was doing last year when she was playing in the midfield. Uh, that's what Heather has been doing a couple of games that that one that I've seen, she probably done that with every single game, but the couple of games that I've called, um, you can see that she brought that calmness in the middle of the of the pitch, and and maybe that's what you'll take. They are definitely going to be a problem. I think we're going to see it this weekend against Canberra Croatia that um, they're able to they're able to turn it up. It's always it's always details, and to eliminate those details takes time. And you mentioned Heather Garrick there. If you want to see her in action, she is of course. Covering some of the Euros matches on uh, Bar T. Sorry, I was about to say Bar TV Sport on uh, Optisport <laughs> for the Euro 2020 uh, competition. Already a cracking competition that we'll mention a little later. But uh, next up, we have West Camber Wanderers one. Gang- uh, sorry, uh, Cambrian United Academy zero. Savanu with the goal in the 72nd minute. Huge win for West Camber, Jeremy. Of course, coming off the back of those two successive defeats, 4 1 to Canberra, Croatia. Like I mentioned, brilliant response from uh, Emma Stanbury's girls. Um, considering they beat a side CUA who are in very good form and so far are the only team to beat Canberra Croatia in the season, um, yeah, in the uh, regular season. 
And Southerners goal, by the way, great little dink um, over the keeper as well. Good uh, technique there from her. Uh, and like I mentioned uh, before, last week's defeat to Volcon and CUA hadn't lost since like round two or something like that, um, which coincidentally was against Belcon. So this is their first back-to-back defeat of the season for CUA. Uh, what are your thoughts on this one, Jeremy? Uh, yeah, I think it's a great result for West Camera. I thought um, the game was going to be um, CUA's for the taking. Um, and when we see the the way the, the girls from, from West Camera play, they, they played on what their strength is. They made sure that um, they made sure to defend cohesively. They were very dense in the middle of the park. And um, whenever the United Academy was able to actually bring into the last third, um, there was all hands on deck. Everyone was defending for West Camera and they were trying to stop them as much as possible. The, the Academy had some opportunity. Um, you know, Sasha Grove, Sofia Christopherson, and Hunt, the usual suspect, um, had more than one chance to try and, and score. They just couldn't catch the target. And, and you know, when they win against Canberra Croatia, we almost say that they're lucky to win because they have two opportunities and score three goals. Uh, this weekend was the other way around. They just couldn't pick the target. Um, they couldn't they couldn't buy a, a shot of target if they wanted to. So it, it was it was a different scenario for them. And uh, you know, obviously we know what the academy brings to the competition and those kind of games. They're just gonna keep running, keep running, keep running, keep getting the opportunities. But if they don't find a way to put it in the back of the net, then the doubt start coming into the team and then uh, it only takes one opportunity and, and Sam Savanyu is probably the, the totem for the team right now. She's scoring every important goal um, for West Canberra. Um, scored a beautiful goal and she didn't need a lot of space. She didn't have a lot of space even. She was between two players and she's able to turn around and um, and to wrong foot, not to wrong foot, to put it over um, Chloe Lincoln, who again had, had a great game and it's not often that you're going to be able to beat Chloe Lincoln and take something special. So, so that brings a bit more, I think, to that to that victory from West Canberra. Um, no Chenna Jaber playing, no um, Emma Steinberg playing. So, you know, maybe they also got into that game with a bit more of a, um, a warrior mindset. You know, our two leaders are on the pitch right now. So we need to make sure that we play together and we stick together to get to get the three points anyway for them. Um, and, and that worked to treat. I think defensively they were, um, they were spectacular, even though uh, the academy did get a few opportunities. Uh, but if it wasn't for, for that resilience and that density, in, in the last third, there was probably going to be a, a different result. And before we move on, uh, is Tiana Jaber's um, suspension coming up? Is she back next week? Wasn't a three-match one or was it four? Yeah, it's three-match, so it's supposed to be next week. That's we what go. I had read. Sorry? That's what I had read, if I'm not mistaken, it's three games. <laughs> yeah, I, I swear that's what I was told as well. So yeah, we'll yeah. wait and see next week, shall we? Uh, which we'll mention in a little bit. Let's not forget. Uh, the next matchup we have, Canberra-Croatia, 12 Tarragona United won. Palombi with a brace. Fogarty with a hat-trick. Fenson with a brace. Matic with a goal. Berkeley with a brace. Uh, Rihanna Daisley with an own goal. And Krista Hagen with uh, a goal to round off Canberra Croatia's goals. And Zoe Terry scored for Tarragona United. This is uh, Canberra Croatia's largest victory of the season during the season, which also takes them above Belcon United, like we mentioned, in the latter on goal difference. Uh, which they had been trailing to them on goal difference, even when they were on top um, throughout all the year, uh, the most of the year. And when, now we've mentioned that how big a deciding factor goal difference can be. Now they have the edge in that race. So Canberra, uh, Croatia on top in that regard. Uh, definitely not the best day at the office for Tugger United. Um, they'll probably be looking to put this one behind them and um, move on into the match next week. Uh, Jeremy, um, what do you take away from this one? 
yeah, my uh, my English vocabulary or lack thereof made me say a couple of times on Saturday, uh, goal difference can be the difference. Um, and, and indeed, it's a, it's, a, it's a major factor in this competition. And Canberra Croatia, um, you know, did what it took to be able to to be in front. You know, it's a, it's a conversation that I enjoy having with coaches and, and every coach has a different uh, approach when, when the game is technically won, when you've scored enough that you know you're safe. Um, do you keep going at it or, or do you slow down and, and try something else and without disrespecting the opponent, do you rest some of your key players, etc.? Um, I think this season from the get-go, the conversation have been around the fact that for Bacon and Canberra Croatia to be premier, it's going to be most likely a goal difference kind of situation. And so, you know, Canberra Croatia did what they had to do, uh, 7-0 at halftime and still score another five in, in the second half and some cracking goals as well. Real Renan some second goal, I'm sure she'll be pretty happy with it, coming from her own half, a little one-two, and then the, the shoot from, from about 25 meters, it's probably not often that she's got um, that kind of goal. And, you know, the, the result might be harsh, but in Turgonong's, between Turgonong's post, you got Sophie Rolf, and Sophie Rolf maybe considered 12, but probably has nine or 10 saves during that game that could have made the, the score even worse. A tough one for Turgonong, but, I mean, you know, not a lot of teams can actually... Um, hold their own against Canberra Croatia. There's just a lot of talent in that team. They're not the champions for no reason, and and they strengthen their team even more uh, after winning that that title. Um, if you have a plan against Canberra Croatia, you if you can hold it for a half, you can maybe make them doubt. If after five minutes you've conceded, um, then you sort of unleash the road roller, and it's it's going to be hard to to stop them. And when you have Brittany Palombi, Grace Gill didn't even score, Chantel John didn't even score, but they, of course, um, help setting up their, their teammates when you have that much talent up front um, in front of you. It's just always going to be a, a long game and, and a hard one not to concede. So like you say, I think for Turgonong, it's a bit of a um, let's let's forget about this one and let's focus on to the next one. Uh, for Canberra Croatia, it's you know, probably pat on the back because you got the job done and, and now you're, I think it's plus five goals ahead of uh, Belkonen and goals different. So you're getting yourself a little cushion uh, and you're forcing Belkonen to actually um, go and get better win, more efficient win, uh, which is going to make the the race during that second round in the third very interesting. It certainly will. And looking at the goal scorers here for Canberra Croatia, Plombi, Fogarty, Fensum, Berkeley, Hagen, we've talked uh, about a lot of these players a lot this season. Uh, one of the goal scorers that scored, Cecilia Martic, we haven't talked too much about her this season. So can you just um, talk about uh, her this season and um, how well she's done? Yeah, she's been great. You know, she came back to to the capital last season. Uh, she's a former she's a former product of the wow. of the academy, uh, with uh, with whom she's played a couple of federation cup final and and a couple of uh, playoffs as well. Then she went to New South Wales and she came back last season. And um, tough choices for for Nick when she comes back because he had Amy McLachlan uh, and Rielan Fensum as two centre back. She played on the right last season for for a while, but she's really a centre back. Uh, and then this season between um, Amy being injured uh, or unavailable, she found her spot next to um, Rhiannon Fenton. And it's a, it's a great pair. Rhiannon is uh, strong. She's fast. Um, she's very good at stopping whatever danger comes to it. And Cecilia is um, quite kind of calm and collected. I mean, she, she has a temper and we see that temper in, in some games. Uh, but she's very good ball to fit. She's able to turn around and, and pick the right player. She's able to uh, always be positioned well. She's also able to be a little bit rough uh, on her player to make sure that um, the forwards know that she's here. 
but she brings size, position, positioning, pace, and technique in the defense. And there's not much more that you want to ask from one of your center backs, right? Uh, so, you know, he's, uh, he's lucky. Uh, Nick, he's got three center backs that are um, probably as good as each other, with, all with their, uh, with their own strength and weaknesses. Um, and he's got two center backs that are also able to play on the wings. Um, so he's, he's got uh, a lot of talent and, and I'm sure a lot of coach um, are envious of, of what he's got in his squad. Next up, last up, we have Gungahlin United for Wagga City Wanderers nil. Uh, Jade Brown with the brace, uh, Percival with a goal and a name of a lady who just made her debut, Michelle Heyman, with a goal in the 85th minute. Uh, a bit surprised Michelle, Michelle Heyman made her um, debut in this one. I thought uh, Gungahlin United would be announcing it on their Facebook page to get, a, to get um, a good crowd there or something. So I was a bit surprised when I saw that she came on. Um, good to see it, though. Like I said, massive win for Gungahlin United, especially needing to bounce back after last week's defeat against Olympic. Uh, like I mentioned, the big news, Michelle Heyman making her debut, coming, on, coming off the bench, scoring her first goal is always a positive as well. Unfortunately, for August City Wanderers, they were not able to replicate, uh, you know, the same um, performance that they did last week uh, with their victory over Tuggeranong. Uh, what were your thoughts on this one, Jeremy? Yeah, I, I thought what you thought. You know, if uh, if Michelle is going to play, you'd think that um, Gongarin was, was pretty good with their social media. Um, we'll announce it. Maybe she got in because they were already 3-0 up. Um, after half an hour, you know, it takes a bit of pressure away from... Uh, from the players when they come in uh, in that situation, because she played a good um, a good half an hour. She she got in just before the 60th minute, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, you know, maybe Diego Iglesias thought it was the, the right moment to to get her in. Um, you know, I think Gungarin played played a great football game. This is probably the first time this season um, that I actually see see them playing the football that we know and love coming from from the Gunners, um, the the Demarco sisters. We know how talented they are. We still haven't seen um, this amount of passes being strung in the middle of the park um, that we've seen this weekend. And you know, maybe um, <clears throat> Jade Brown seeing the uh, the all-time leading W League goal scorer on the bench thought it was a good moment to uh, to score a brace. Uh, she she'd been a bit mute for a while, um, and she she did so the the right way. One of them on penalty that she uh, that she earned herself. Um, and another one, a, a nice and easy finish. I think, you know, Waga decided to try and maybe play a little bit more defensively, maybe a little bit more densely. Um, it, it could have worked. I think it's the exact same story as when you face a Canberra correction. If you're able to um, keep them scoreless for half, then you're making in that and then you can go up. But if you unfortunately concede one, twice, three times before the half hour, uh, and again, you know, it's a penalty, it's a corner kick, um, it's, it's all those details and set pieces then the, the job is really hard for you. And they didn't, you know, they didn't um, play badly, uh, Waga. And after the half hour, they don't concede up until the very end of the game. They just uh, were not probably able to put that team off balance as much as, as they want to. And, and we know what the deal is um, for Sam Gray in, in Waga City. He's got quite a few injuries. Uh, you know, he's played, he's lost Kirill Cameron now, who had been uh, amazing this season um, so far. Uh, it, it's just, it's just really hard for him to, um, to get a, a good competitive starting 11 week in, week out. He's got some great players, but they're very young and not not all of them are experienced in NPLW. Uh, he's got that amazing goalkeeper who, again, um, uh, yeah, probably, well, I think it was 12 or 13 saves that stopped counting at one point. 
um, who was, who was again great on their line, unfortunately had to go and get that ball um, four times in the back of the net. Then, you know, when I see, when I saw Michelle um, coming in at the 60th minute, I was like, oh boy, you know, it's going to be maybe two or three other goals because we know what she can bring. Um, she just needed a bit of time to adjust the aim. Um, and then on that, on that corner kick at the end, she just uh, buried it pretty easily. Yeah, she certainly did. And I do have an interview up with Sam Gray from last week. And he, he did say on that, if, you know, if anyone is a player and you're interested in playing, even if you're from Canberra, uh, shoot the Facebook page message there or whatnot, because they've had quite a few injuries. I don't think any team has had those sort of injuries like he has this season. Uh, with um, And that, you know, obviously hurts the depth and whatnot. So if you're interested in playing, and even if you're from Canberra, there already are a bunch of Canberra um, girls that play for Wagga and their reserves. So that, that wouldn't be a problem to say, get in touch with him and he'll uh, sort out the details for you. In terms of Michelle Heyman, before we move on to the predictions, Jeremy, where do you see um, her fitting in? Just, uh, do you see her fitting up top? Elka Atolu may be dropping because Elka did pretty well last week when Diego brought her in in the second half and just uh, plotted her in front of the defense and started distributing the ball because we all know she's got a great kick and then you had the DeMarcus sisters on each side of her. I think she'd be a number 10. I think it's, yeah. it makes sense, right? It may, you have the best player in the competition, potentially um, put her where the ball is going to be most of the time. You know, I think um, she she probably, the career that she has and the level that she is, she's probably, with all due respect to all of the girls in the competition, she probably will think faster, move faster, control better, pass better, shoot better. So put her where the ball is going to be most of the time. I think, you know, if you put her in any situations where she's able to make the decision for the rest of the team, then that's where you want Michelle Heyman to play. Um, you know, she she is a forward, but she's more than happy to drop to drop low when she's playing with uh, Canberra United as well. So in my mind, it makes sense to do that. Even if you put her forward anyway, she's probably going to drop down and do it. It'll, it'll be a team, like a game-by-game -game situation. You know, of course, when you're going to play against the Canberra Croatia or Belconen, maybe you want to put her up front because you want, the team to be scared and to have to uh, to different pretty low to, to have to stop her. You probably also, when you play against Belcon and you probably want to put her up front so that she doesn't have to be in front of Mickey Danton the whole game. Um, so so it also depends on who they play against. We'll have that answer this weekend, of course. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I think in the middle of the park is probably where you get the best out of her. She's faster than a lot of players in the league. Um, you know, she, she's bringing what Ash Sykes is bringing. She's bringing um, what Grace Gill is bringing. She's she's going to be a, a joy to see this season. I almost uh, I almost hope that we don't see her all season, and and the only reason I hope that is because if if she gets a call in the Olympic um, team, it'd be it'd be amazing for her. And and if that's the case, then she won't play in NPLW. Um, but yeah, it's 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 great to see her wearing the the Gungalin jersey. It certainly is, and that leads us straight into our predictions for the week. Actually, let's bring this um. Let's bring up the uh, the ladder at the moment. It's very. I'll tell you what, it's very very enough? close. Jeremy, you've made a quite a quite a bit of a comeback. Uh, in it, so I didn't mention it before. So an MPL one between Michael and I. It's Michael twelve, me eleven. So it's pretty quite <laughs> close there. We both got two last week. Um, you can see the massive difference between us between uh, our MPL one predictions compared to MPL two and W. Uh, so you. So it goes. The ladder goes me twenty seven. You and Michael, 26. We all got three correct last season. So there's only one point between us. And then in MPL 2, it's me, 26. 
Michael, 23. I got three right this week. He got one. So I'm starting to break away there. But geez, the other two competitions, not a lot between us all. Um, so let's get straight into this one. The match of the round this week, that will, weekend, that will be on Bar TV Sport. Jeremy Magan and Matty Moore commentating that one. Belconnie United, Gungarland United, Saturday, June 26th, 3 p.m. from McKellar Park. I'll tell you what, this is going to be a really, really That's interesting funny. one. I'm really tempted to go for draw here. And if Belconnie, but if Belconnie, if Belconnie United didn't start the match scoring three goals in 10 minutes and saw out the match like they did, I would have went for a draw, but uh, they they convinced me I'm going to go for Belconnie United victory, but this is going to be a really close one, I think. Well, what do you think, Jeremy? Mm, I think I'm going to go with the Gungarian victory. Yeah, there we go. Um, I don't, I don't. To be honest, it's 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 too hard to pick. I don't really have yep. anything against against either team or for either no, team. Neither, neither. It's going to be a great game of football. Um, I think you know it's going to be the details. Um, the, the only reason why I'm putting Gungarian is because we call, we there's a chance we're seeing. Michel Heyman playing half an hour, 45 minutes. And uh, with Canberra United this season, whatever happened, she was always yet to score in the last five minutes, whether it was one one or two goals. Um, so I think when you have an X factor like this that you can bring in in the end of the game, when you have in the back on the side, you know, maybe Karen was injured now. Um, Bella Tamaro wasn't here this weekend. There, there might be um, something that Gangalin can do if they want to uh, to take advantage of that sort of newly, newly game momentum. Uh, and, and, you know, Gungarin right now, I think, is almost into a must-win situation if they want to make sure they can finish into the top four um, be, because it looks like the, the table is splitting. So so they're going to have to make sure they get results against the biggest team. They still haven't done that this season. So, so yeah, I'd say that's the moment where they're getting in their first one. Yeah, and they're only, they're only one point behind Olympic. That's why I say it was such a big victory for them this week. So, And Olympic's in fourth place. But if they didn't win, then they would have been below West Canberra in uh, sixth place. So next up, we have Wagga City Wanderers v. West Canberra Wanderers, Sunday, June 27th, 2.30 p.m. at Gissing Oval. It's always a tough trip to Wagga. I'm going to go with the West Canberra victory on this one, but it might be a little closer than people think. What about you, Jeremy? I'm going to go for a draw. I, um, you know, I, I think... Uh, traveling to the Riverina is always, always hard, uh, and um, and yeah, we'll, we'll see how that goes. I think you know, um, it's a bad time. Wagasichi got to get a bit of luck on their side, and, and maybe it's the game where uh, things go their way a little bit more, where, where they do find um, the breakthrough early in, early in the game, and, and where they can break um, the, the very dense deadlock that West Canberra has by, by any mean. I don't think Wagasichi is favorite. Uh, but I think they can go in into the underdog and, and get a result this weekend. And next up, we have Canberra Olympic against Canberra Croatia, Sunday, June 27th, 2.30 p.m. at O'Connor Enclosed. It's going to be interesting to see how Olympic um, sort of bounce back after last week. Are they going to make a few a few tweaks or, like you said, just eliminate the details that they have? I think this is going to be closer than the last matchup, but I'm going to go with the Canberra Croatia victory because at the moment they just look like a like a bit of a steam train, but I do think Olymp- Canberra Olympic will put up a good account for themselves. Jeremy? Yeah, I'll, I'll agree with you on that one. I'll, I'll give that win to, uh, to Canberra Croatia as well. Um, yeah, I think they're just unstoppable right now. I think that loss against Canberra Inter Academy, um, if, if it's ever the case, arrive at the best time uh, and, and walk them up when, when it was necessary. Um, they're, on, they're on the roll right now. They are 
playing uh, Olympic and I think after that it's Gongalin and uh, and Belkonen so they're going to have to be in top form um, and um, I trust that they have the team we've seen it now for several times uh, to be able to win those games so yeah, I'll, I'll put that one for, for the Jiki inside and next we've got Tyrone United against Cambria United Academy Sunday June 27 3.10pm at Canberra 201 I'm going to go with the CUA on this one especially considering they haven't uh, won in two uh, Tyrone though it's uh, eventually they're going to have to get they're going to get a result eventually I don't think they're going to go the entire season without at least getting either a draw or a win. So eventually it's going to happen. I'm not sure when that's going to be, but I just think CUA are going to be raring to go, especially with uh, Vicky Linton. We all know you can see it on the sideline. She's a very, uh, um, you know, demanding coach and um, she brings a lot of intensity. So she's not going to be happy that her size lost two weeks in a row. Um, how about you, Jeremy? Yeah, same thing. I'll say the Academy is, is getting the three points this weekend. Uh, and my main reason, I guess, for saying that is Turgonon will get points against a team that can have some weakness defensively. Um, I don't see a lot of weakness in that um, academy team defensively, and especially not between the posts. I think, you know, like we just said, it takes something special to be able to get the ball past Quellington Lincoln. Um, and we, besides Zoe Terry, we haven't seen much of that yet in Turgonong. So, so yeah, I'll go for an academy win too. All right, Jeremy, thank you very much for joining me as Thanks, always. Uh, like I mentioned, you can uh, tune in, listen to Jeremy and Maddie more. Call Michelle Heyman's second game at McKellar Park, 3 p.m. on Bar TV Sports against Belconnen United. Uh, that's Bengali United, of course, against uh, Belconnen United. So, Jeremy, like I said, thank you very much for joining me. And do you want to plug your podcast where you talk about the Euros at the moment? Some good stuff going on there. Yeah, thanks, Matt. Yeah, well, you know, of course, everyone's following the the Euros, right. even if it's uh, even if we all you see my eyes, my back. Yeah, I know. Uh, we I, up. I decided it. to stay up till 2, 2 a.m. to watch uh, Italy last night. I'm like, oh, I'll just do the script for the podcast now. I just, I won't go to sleep. I'll stay up. And thank goodness I did because only, I think only my dad woke up. Uh, my, my two brothers didn't end up waking up. So, cause they went to go for a nap. I'm like, You're, you won't get up. I can see it right now. They didn't get up. So I made the right decision to just stay up till uh, 2 a.m. The luxury of being able to be up at 4 a.m. at 7 a.m. There's three <laughs> things jumping on me, telling me that I have to wake up already. Um, yeah, look, the the Euro is obviously a great moment to talk about football. Uh, and around Canberra, there's a lot of a lot of us that have um, origins back in Europe. So, you know, it was great to have you in the pod to talk about Italy. Uh, it was really fun to have Russ and uh, Sam uh, chatting before England against Scotland. It was, it was quite a bit of banter there. Uh, and then I'm just waiting for Croatia to be eliminated. Uh, to be able to get Nick Rosnich on the post. Uh, there's a lot of Croatian uh, and, people in, in camera. I'm sorry. I haven't um, joked. Uh, I might text Nick after this and tell the joke <laughs> I said to you, but I said, just go onto the, the podcast and just start talking about camera Croatia and say, oh, I thought you were talking about camera Croatia because we're winning at the moment. Croatia aren't, so. That's, that's probably and going the men's to be, as well are winning also, so you can just talk, talk about double just to make up for not wanting to talk about uh, the disappointment of Croatia at the moment. A better chat to have than, than to talk about their nations, uh, but yeah, I'll I'll probably try and, and have that chat with Nick after the the third round is is over and to talk about what's going to happen with round of sixteen etc. So yeah, um, feel free to uh, to give it a listen. Farmers Corners FC, the the French football podcast, uh, where I don't only talk about France right now because we're in the middle of a of an international competition. Awesome, thank you very much, Jeremy, and I look forward Thanks, to having Matt. you back on soon. Thanks, mate. See you, mate. Thank you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to MPL2 segment. Very happy to have back on the MPL2 guru, Chris Webb himself. Webby, how are you going today, mate? Good, mate. How are you doing? 
Yeah, yeah, not too bad, not too bad. And let's not forget this weekend, massive, massive weekend. This round always is in MPL 2, especially concerning the top four. So we'll be uh, going through that right now. Let's start with one of those matches. ANU 3, Queanbeyan City 1. Peter Kincard as an Ellis with the goals for ANU. Adams with the goal for Queanbeyan City. Huge win for ANU, which keeps them on the top of the ladder. They're tied with O'Connor Knights on points, but I believe they're, they're ahead by one goal on goal difference uh, at the top of the ladder. Uh, they went into halftime at 1-0, I believe, and they fought. And then um, and then Queanbeyan City fought back to make it 1-1, um, and then ANU took over from there. But from all accounts, Queanbeyan City started really well uh, at the start of both halves. Uh, which is a Queanbeyan staple at the moment under the Wilks. They always start both halves very, very brightly and with a lot of intensity. They weren't able to um, take advantage of the of that early early momentum in both halves, though, and ANU were able to take control of the matchup. So what would you make of uh, this result, um, Chris? It was an interesting one, to say the least. Yeah, look, uh, again, you can't say it's all too surprising, Um ANU did beat them the first time around, but Queenbeam had been in quite good form, but so have ANU, and that's why they're both at the top of the table. Um, I think what was most impressive about this was uh, ANU with how many players they were missing going into this match. Um, I think they they probably had about six starters out um, and some really big, big players. Um, You know, guys like Max Model, who's one of the top, four or five players in the, in the whole league. Um, you know, so dangerous missing him um, up top. And, and that they were actually, I think, missing pretty much three strikers. Um, Chinay and, and Liam Neeson were also out. And then um, Nelson Carey and Matt Rice in the midfield were also missing. Um, and James Garzi, one of the wingbacks, was missing. So pretty much, you know, they, they're all close to being part of the starting 11 and so it just is a, it's a testament to that that depth at ANU that we we talked about last a uh, few weeks ago that even with all those you know half a starting team out they can still come out and beat you know who is essentially what everybody thinks is the strongest team in the competition um you know they you talk about Queen and having good starts ANU have been very very good at having fast starts and, and Rowan Peterson got a very early goal which kind of set the game up for them. Um, uh, Michael Keto, obviously, you know, oh, sorry, sorry, no. Um, Queenbian got back into the game, Michael Adams, um, and you know, Michael has really been a talisman for them this yep. year. And um, But then it was, it was a battle of talisman because Sam Carter's then hit an absolute bomb of a volley from outside the box to, and, you know, some with Rory Larkin in goals, sometimes you're going to have to have special, special strikes to beat him. And that was a great goal. Um, and then uh, Isaac kind of putting the game to bed at the depth. So, you know, Queenbian was still in it. Queenbian, um, they while they've been playing very well last week, they, they were quite impressive against Western. Things are just thinking uh, it's not all smooth sailing at the moment. And the fact that they've uh, lost three games, they're four points uh, behind that, yep. that leading pack, that's actually going to be quite hard to make up. Four points in, in you know, if we're talking MPL1, that, that, is, that just means nothing because everybody is beating everybody in that competition. But this competition where there's a clear 
you know, leading pack, that front three, and they haven't really dropped much points off anybody other than that front three. Uh, it's going to be it's going to be a little bit hard to make that ground up, and obviously finals is, yeah, I think I mentioned before, finals is is not what Queanbeyan are after. They no. are after top spot and going getting that promotion spot. So that that's just going to be a little bit harder for those guys. Um, I think it's the the front three is is an interesting uh, space for Queanbeyan at the moment. Um, going into this season, it looked like they were just completely stacked in that front line. But now, um, you know, Hassan Faraja hasn't played for quite some time. Goran McKeskey hasn't played for quite some time. Alex Olerigby never ended up playing in the first place. So all of a sudden, it's just kind of Mark Shields up there. And and really, it's the midfielders who are adding in. So it's it's been some of the younger guys who started off in the under-23s, like Dan Odeski, um, kind of coming in. And they're very, very talented players um, who were staples of the Queanbeyan team last year that that almost won the league. So um, Gary's kind of having to go back to the, the Queanbeyan faithful, I guess, um, to get these these boys some goals. They picked up a few players, but it's probably not in not in that front line. You know, they picked up um, Colicello in the midfield and Alan Gaston at the back. But um, it's probably that one thing that I think that might be slightly worrying for uh, for Gabby. And you know, I think everybody's probably heard about uh, Emmanuel Ponce as well. I don't think we'll go into that too much, but that's just yeah, another player who seems who seems to be gone from there. Um, and so, again, another one of that front line who much was expected from him from the start. So it's a very changed uh, kind of forward um, part of that team that we all expected from the start of the season. And we'll talk a little bit more about uh, Queanbeyan City later when we uh, bring up the previews. But uh, one player I wanted to mention was Leo Hadley, uh, 18-year-old in midfield for ANU. Um, reportedly had a really good game, really strong in the center of the park, which is pretty impressive coming up against a team in Queanbeyan City, which we all know can bring a lot of pressure in that midfield and uh, compress quite uh, intensely. Yeah, and look, he... Uh, now, I'm not... So, so Leo, and, and there's another one, uh, Gus Coleman, who, who came on um, in the second half. You know, those two are new to ANU, but one has been playing MPL Youth in New South Wales, um, MPL one in New South Wales, and the others been playing MPL one youth in Victoria. So they've come from very, very high stock. So um, they have a lot of high wraps from the ANU group, and a lot is expected from them. So while they're very young, they're obviously showing that the, the quality that they have, and they're, they're showing that on the field now. And the other massive matchup we had was O'Connor Knights to Canberra White Eagles nil. Kresic and O'Rourke with the goals for O'Connor. Uh, pretty packed crowd there at Woden Park enclosed. Russ and I decided to head down after our commentator match. He's like, oh, let's go get an Eagle Burger. There was literally every batch they do, you had to like pre-order because there was just so many people there wanting, <laughs> wanting an Eagle Burger. So I think we, we I had to wait, wait at least three rounds of burgers till I got mine. It was, it was, it was, I was happy to wait, but I'm just, uh, it, was, it was great to see how uh, packed out they were. Uh, down there for the MPL two matches at the moment, so it's good to see. And there'll be, I'm sure there'll be another big crowd for that Queanbeyan City and O'Connor match in a couple of weeks. That Russ and Andy Bernal, I think, are going to be commentating on Bar TV. So it's good to see the MPL getting this sort of uh, coverage at the moment. But in regards to this matchup, pretty impressive performance uh, from what I saw. I was able to see about 60 minutes of the match. 
pretty impressive from O'Connor. Uh, they were happy to let White Eagle sort of have the ball early on, create chances. They were happy to sit back, break when they could, uh, take advantage of their chances. By the time the second half rolled around, a, a lot of the possession was O'Connor Knights. Uh, White Eagles seemed to tire a little bit in certain parts of the pitch and O'Connor Knights sort of took advantage. The second goal was a penalty, I believe, from O'Rourke. Um, there was a handball involved there. The ref didn't pick it up, actually. Uh, the linesman picked that one up. Um, so they were putting pressure in the second half and you saw uh, O'Connor's attacking abilities, to say the least. Uh, my question, uh, so actually, sorry, before I ask that, uh, what, what were your thoughts on the matchup, Chris? Oh, look, no, again, um, the results, it, it's probably exactly how you would expect a game between these two to go. Um, just knowing the, the players that they have, um, uh, White Eagles have been really, really good at um, holding possession and playing the ball around. Um, they probably lack that same kind of, cutting edge that um, O'Connor do. And if you just look at the, the pace that O'Connor um, possess up front, you would be silly not to be playing a counter-attacking style of football. Um, you know, with Packy and Josip and Nico Krezic, um, Jake Wilson, James, Jade Ward, like it's just, it's a crazy, I don't even know how I, Miro's, ever going to keep all those guys happy, but that's up to him. But yeah, know, so far, so good. Yeah, it's exactly what how they should play. And I, I think everybody's going to struggle to play against a team like that. It reminds me a lot of uh, ANU side probably about six or seven years ago when um, they had guys like Alade and, and Danny Krajic, um and Chase Deans kind of playing up front that on the counter-attack, they were almost unplayable. This, the, the pace of all three of them, it was just so hard. And, and I think O'Connor going to be going to be the same, uh, but in the end, you look, you know, the goals, both set pieces, one of them, you know, I think everybody who'd be listening probably was involved in some kind of football on Saturday. The wind was just outrageous and probably caused a whole lot of goals across Canberra. And I imagine a whole lot of goals off corners. I've, I saw a couple myself on the weekend and uh, yeah, just another one. Nico Krezic putting it in from the corner. The, that the wind is a you know it's it's a tough factor to play football in. Oh look, it certainly is. Um, in regarding White Eagles, uh, of course, Graham Plath has come back. I don't think um, that was the case when you were on last. Like maybe he was in the transition of coming back, but it wasn't confirmed when we had you on last. So sort of everyone sort of. My question is to you about that. Everyone sort of ended up where they were before the season started with Steve Forshaw back on commentary with um, Russ and Plathy back at White Eagles. So what do you make of that whole uh, situation then? Uh, look, um, it's, it's interesting, I guess. Um, as soon as um, we heard about Steve kind of possibly not being there, um, a lot of people kind of thought Plathy, they'll, they'll come back to Plathy and Plathy will end up back there. So um, from Steve leaving, Plathy being there is absolutely zero surprise. Um, it was almost an expectation. Um, the only probably other thing that it would have been was Eric actually staying on and, and taking the role himself. But I think Eric is already coaching another 20 teams and playing. So it was probably one thing too many for him. But um, look, Plathy knows these players. He's a very experienced coach. 
Um, and I think he's going to do a, do a good job. They, they know exactly what they're getting with him. And regarding White Eagles in terms of their chances, they're still in the top four, but now they're nine points off ANU and O'Connor Knights. And similar to these other clubs, it's safe to say that their ambition at the start of the season isn't to make top four. It's to push for that thing. Uh, sorry, to push for that promotion. And now, you know, like you mentioned, four points being such a big drift in this competition. Nine points is probably even worse. And considering they haven't exactly gotten, like besides that win against uh, O'Connor early on, they, I don't think they've beaten any of the other top three sides since. So... Oh, they, sorry, they did get a draw against ANU. They got a draw off round. ANU at the start, yeah. Yeah, so what do you make of their um, chances? It, it seems to be slipping away from them at the moment. Yeah, look, I, I think I said this last time that um, I, I think it's quite clear that there is a there is a, a, a front three. It's, it's kind of that uh, peloton that's breaking away. Um there's there's a there's a middle two who are chasing that fourth spot and and there's a bottom three and and I think uh, I mentioned this last time points points can sometimes be uh, deceiving but goal difference really tells a proper story and you look at the front three they've all got a goal difference of around twenty and then the middle two chasing packs have goal difference of zero and then the bottom three all about minus twenty so it's quite clear that there's three little groups um, sorted in there now. To, to keep the uh, cycling analogies going, this is not a sprint. This is this is a, an endurance race out here, and I think that's probably the one thing that uh, White Eagles and Ugali can really hope for is uh, that one of those three top teams just start to fall away purely because of uh, personnel and losing losing numbers. Um, I, I think I said it before. I can't see any of that front three dropping out of the four. But I could see a Ugali or White Eagles finishing ahead of one or two of them. But, but personally, I, I cannot see either of those teams making it to first place. That's not, not to say that it can't or won't happen. It's just I, I don't see it. And next up, we have Brindabella Blues 1-0 over Western Malongla. Only a half was played here. Uh, Lawrence with the goal. Like I mentioned, only 45 minutes, and uh, by the time it got dark, the lights were deemed not efficient enough in the uh, in the darkness, and the pitch was considered not um, not very great to play on either by the ref. So the match was abandoned. Um, is do you know if is there going to be the 45 minutes played again or? Ah, uh, look, I believe so. I believe yeah. um, they're going to play the other 45 minutes at Woden Park at some stage midweek. Not to say that Woden Park looks much more pliable than uh, Iceland Park does. But um, yeah, look, it, it was the, uh, the ground was in, in the best, Nick. Um, I was down there and um, yeah, playing at the late game, they were always dependent on the lights. And so with um, the lights not working properly, uh, it was never going to be a safe environment to play in. So it's always going to be a very interesting game for everybody to, to kit up. Um, you know, they have to get exact same players on the pitch um, and, and then just yeah, the go for, yeah. for 45 minutes. So uh, it's, a, it, it's an interesting thing to try and get yourselves up for that. Um, so who knows, anything, anything can happen. And, and you know, in professional sports where we've seen some of these games finished off, some very strange things have happened in 20-minute, 30-minute games. So it, it will be an interesting one. 
It certainly will be. And uh, I believe on Sports TG, though, it says uh, they've had um, Brenda Bella. It says Brenda Bella have the win there. That's the only reason why I asked you. So uh, I think that is just uh, just how Sports TG works. Essentially, yeah. people just go in and fill it in. It's not. It's nothing official from. Yeah, yeah no, that's yeah. that's exactly what I thought. So I was uh, had to ask a question on that one. And what what do you think about the forty five minutes that happened here? I know Brenda Bella got the lead. Um, I heard Western Malongo had some good moments though in the matchup. So. Was it pretty? Was it a was it a pretty pretty even first half? Besides the goal, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Look, it it was pretty even. Um, yeah, uh, Western started off very strong um, and had a few chances early on, and then kind of Brindy worked themselves back into the game. Um, and look, it was even, but the conditions the conditions were tough. And and again, I would say it wasn't not the pitch and not the the, the loss of light, but probably the winds that made it. Um, yeah. Uh, most difficult out there. So it wasn't the greatest game um, you've ever seen. But uh, look, even with with all the guys that Brenda Bella have kind of lost in the last couple of weeks, they're still they still got um, a very good core there and and they're two quite evenly matched teams. And before we move on, you mentioned how with or you might have mentioned to me off air, you mentioned uh uh, Lawrence needing to step up because Shafe is gone now. And it's safe to say he's done that. He scored quite a bit uh, recently um, instead of, because yeah. uh, he didn't have that, you know, that he he would, you know, create a lot of the goals for Schaefer. As, as we said, I think we did say it last time that, you know, he needed, he needed to step up and, and, um, and I, I think we kind of said, we think he will because he's been playing quite well um, this year and as he has the last few years, actually. And um, when you've got someone with the, with the pace of Curtis Schaefer, well, it's an easy decision to make to be the foil and be able to, to kind of play that final pass. But as soon as you know he's not there, you got to change the way you play and you're the man now and he's 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 doing that and he's scored in the last few. And last up, we have Ugali SC6, Wagga City Wanderers 2. We had uh, Roach uh, with two goals, Donadell with two goals, Priest with a goal and Piva with a goal. Uh, Suleiman had a goal and Ocheng had a goal for Wagga City Wanderers. Sorry if I said those names wrong. Uh, huge win, not only by goal margin, but also by points as it raises Ugali to within one point of White Eagles, which is uh, very big for them. And we've seen this from uh, Ugali before. The goals are on their Facebook page as well. They like to play that quick one-touch football when they've got all the players there. They can play some really, really good football. Some of the best football in the league when they're there on their day and they've got the full team there. Wagalo created some good chances, scored a couple of goals. They've definitely improved from the start of the season. You can tell that not only from their two wins, but just their general play. They're starting to come together now. They're, they're, their younger players are starting to get to the rhythm in the rhythm of it. Stevens, of course, is also very, very good. I'm not sure if you saw his volley from last week, but geez, that was a cracking volley. Um, I only saw it today from last week, but geez, that was really good. So what do you think about uh, this one? Look, um, if this score had happened in, in round two, um, I would not have been surprised at all. But uh, this is probably the most surprising result of, of all the games, I think. Not the result. Um, I think uh, Ugali would have would dead set favourites to win, but to win so handsomely. Ugali hadn't been playing as well as they definitely could in the last few weeks, while, as you said, Wagga have actually been quite improved in the last few weeks. So, um, you know, especially when you kind of take that travel element out, it's that that local Riverina derby. Um, It was uh, surprising to see, um, you know, 
them shipping six goals. But as you said, when you when Ugali are on, they're on. And and last year, uh, David Roach, uh, Danny Roach was clearly the best player in the competition last year. From everyone I saw, he was he was more than two classes above everybody. He probably hadn't been firing as much the star this year but all of a sudden he's now top of the table um the goal scoring tally again obviously he was the golden boot last year and um you know another quick fire double in this game um and it was a quick fire double and then resulted in him uh, being set off so that's actually something that probably will hurt Yigali um you know, while they got a great victory, I think they would probably trade that in for a one-nil win and, and not to have um, Danny missing for next week. All right. And before we get into the previews and predictions, let's quickly round out the table. Uh, for those of you listening, we've got... All right. So I'm not going to go off sports TJ only because the match will... The second half will be played. So in eighth place, we have Brindabella Blues with three points. Then we in seventh place, Western Malongo with four points. Sixth place, we have Wagga City Wanderers in with six points. We've got Ugali uh, in fifth place with 15 points. Canberra White Eagles in fourth place with 16 points. Then we've got Queemian City in third place with 21 points. Then we have O'Connor Knights in second place with 25 points with a plus 16 goal difference. And then we have... ANU in first place with 25 points and a plus 17 goal difference. So one is the separation there. All right, heading into round 11, we start with Wagga City Wanderers against Western Malonglo. Saturday, June 26th, 2.15 p.m. at Gissing Oval over in Wagga. I'm going to go with a draw for this one. Western Malonglo's victory this season, sole victory this season, did come against Wagga. And... They have performed pretty well on the road. I know that when even when they lost to Ugali, they they it was a very close matchup there, and they felt they were unlucky not to come away with a, at least a point. So I I like their chances on the road, but Wagga have improved quite a bit. So I'm going to say a draw for this one. How about you, Chris? Um, look, and again, um, I probably won't win too many friends <laughs> with this, but um, look, I, I think a draw as well. Um, I remember I watched that game, and while Western won, I think. Uh, Wagga were actually on top for large chunks of that game. Um, they looked quite dangerous on the break. And um, I still think that they actually are quite a, a fearsome team going forward, you know, um, with uh, guys like Jake Plongy and uh, uh, and Jacob Bochang and Luke Stevens. There's actually some really good firepower in that team. Um, and... I think that while they're coming off uh, quite a hefty loss, um, it should actually be a very, very even match. And it was a very even match when they played the first time around. And next up, we have O'Connor Knights, Brindabella Blues, Saturday, June 26th, 3 p.m. at Kayleen Enclosed. Um, of course, uh, both the Mistiches went from Brindabella to O'Connor. So um, uh, it'll be interesting to see if they are. Uh, play or not in this one. Um, like you mentioned, Brindabella have been uh, depleted a little bit over the last, in this transfer window anyway, losing the Schaefer and the Messages and a couple others. So they'll be looking to bounce back in that regard. Um, O'Connor Knights are looking really, really good form. There might be a few goals in this one. Uh, Brindabella, I can, um, but there might be a few goals uh, depending on, you know, the weather, uh, you know, because if it rains again, which, you know, yeah. we've all seen Canberra weekends, if it rains one weekend, yeah, 
you never know what can happen the next. Um, and who knows what can happen, especially with the wind as well. But O'Connor Knights just look like on another level at the moment to a lot of the teams. So I'm going to go with O'Connor Knights on this one. How about you, Chris? Uh, look, um, I can't I can't go against O'Connor. The, the firepower of that team, I think, yeah. is probably the, the, the top firepower of, of any team in this competition. So um, I think everybody's going to struggle to uh, stop them scoring goals. So, yeah. And quit, and especially when they get a lot, of, and a lot of their players are yet to come back from injuries. Still, some of them. Um, all right, and Canberra White Eagles against Queen City Saturday, June twenty sixth, three pm at Woden Parking closed. This will be an interesting one, especially for White Eagles. Let's not forget the last time around, this was seven one, I believe, at High Street. Um, so, look, I'm going to go with a Queen victory on this one. I think they're going to be raring to go after that loss last week. And I think it was a similar situation to what happened last week. Uh, sorry, last round of matches. They lost to ANU and they were yeah. raring to go. It was probably the most impressive um, bounce-back victory in the league or probably actually one of the most impressive bounce-back victories out of all three of the leagues in Canberra, actually, uh, to say the least. White Eagles, they look good when they're on the ball, but I think they're just going to... It seemed like they ran out of steam from what I saw in the last 20 or 30 minutes um, at the game. And if they do that against Queen City, we all know the firepower they have. So it'll be interesting to see how this one happens, but I don't think it'll be 7-1. Um, I'm going to go with Queen on this one. Chris? Look, uh, I think it's hard not to go for Queen but I, I would almost probably go for a draw for this. Um, okay. I, I, I just, again, I think that that was uh, because of what happened last time. There's been, I think White Eagles are going to be really up for this game. Um, they're coming off a loss. Last time they were coming off a, a win against O'Connor. Um, so that would have been a painful loss. You know, White Eagles losing to O'Connor, as you said, with the crowd. It's, probably, it's the biggest game in, in, in Canberra football, really, in terms of rivalries. That would have been tough to take. This, again, is, is, is another uh, kind of... Yeah, it's this Balkan derby again. It's another rivalry. Such a big loss last time. And I just that Queen Indian are just not at 100% right this second. And while White Eagles probably struggled to uh, play against a counter-attacking team like O'Connor, they're probably going to be the ones who will be counter-attacking against Queen Indian, who are so good at holding possession. And um, they do have a few, few weapons. Uh, White Eagles on, on to play on that counter. So I think that they could cause Queanbeyan some trouble here. And um, if you want an Eagle Burger, get there early is my suggestion, especially with another derby on. I think there's going to be another big crowd <laughs> and a big demand for those burgers there. All right, next up, we have ANU against Ugali. Sunday, June 27th, 3 p.m. at ANU South Oval. This is going to be an, this is going to be an interesting one. It was a pretty high-scoring one last time. It was at 6-4. Or something like that. No, no, I'm thinking 4-2. 4-2. I'm thinking about the uh, Ugali White Eagles match from last year. Sorry. 4-2, it was last up. I'm going to go with ANU here, but um, I'm, I, 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 I do think this will be a very close one, though. I think we could see a lot of goals again as well. Uh, I think it'll be a very close one. I'm going to go with an ANU victory. How about you, Chris? Look, this one, I think, is probably the most difficult out of all of them, and it's probably as we were talking about at the start with ANU and um, you know, they, they had six guys out last week. They then lost another two um, 
Chase Deems, I think, dislocated his shoulder. He's probably out for the season, um, which is a massive, massive loss for them. But Rowan Peterkin also did his hamstrings. So he'll be out for quite some time. And and uh, if you take Sam Carter's goals away, Rowan scored half of the oh. rest of the goals. Um, so it's really now a lot of reliance on Sam Carter's because with, with Liam Neeson and Shanae and Max Model and Rowan, or potentially missing, that's pretty much their entire front line that ANU uh, won't have available. And so you've got a centre midfielder um, in Sam who's scored 10 goals. Um, so it's going to be it's going to be difficult for ANU to find those goals um, against Ugali. I guess the counter is uh, Danny Roach is also suspended. So um, maybe this is a game where they might both teams might actually find goals hard to come by because. Um, or a lot of the attacking weapons will be missing for this one. It certainly will be a very close one. All right, uh, Chris. I didn't give you a prediction, though, however. That was a bit uh, Weasley of me. Um, <laughs> I was just going to accept them, mate. It's fine. You should have answered. Yeah, look, I'll, go, I'll, go another, I'll go another draw. All right, too easy. Another draw from Chris. All right, thank you very much, Chris. As always, your knowledge about MPL2 is absolutely impeccable. Is there any last things you'd like to say before we sign off here? Oh, no, look. Uh, thanks for having me on again. Um, it's been great. Uh, Michael always seems to be missing whenever I'm on, so I'll t- I will take that personally. But <laughs> he's in Queensland this week at Noosa Heads, so jeez, uh... he'll do anything to not be on the podcast. <laughs> I'm sure he'll I'm sure he'll be on next time, mate. He's uh, he was kicking himself that he was sick the week before, so All awesome. Right, no worries. Awesome. Thank you very much. And thanks everyone for joining in today. Another fantastic weekend of football. That was episode 33 of the Canberra Football Show. Another massive week coming up. Enjoy the football and enjoy the Euros as well.